Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. My husband, my dog, and I live in a top floor apartment in a secure access building. Since I'm home alone quite a bit, this was perfect. Seemed pretty creep proof. Fast forward to a couple weekends ago. The husband and I were our home watching the game on TV when we got a knock at the door. It wasn't really late at night, but still late enough that we weren't expecting anyone to come knocking. My husband went to the door to ask, who's there, didn't hear anything, and slowly opened the door. 
which made my dog bark madly and run out into the hall to see who was there. It was a girl we'd never seen before she seemed nervous, which we chalked up to the dog scaring her. She never said anything at first, and when my husband and I asked if she needed help, she just said no before heading back downstairs. Weird, but okay, we just figured she went to the wrong unit and figured out where she was supposed to go. About a week later, she was back. My husband was working late, and I was home alone with my dog in our locked apartment. He got home after midnight and told me she was sitting out there in our top floor stairwell landing. That spooked me I had no clue that she was lurking so close to my place, and I have no clue how long she might have been out there. Again, we went out and asked if she needed help, to which she said no, and that she had nowhere else to go. I had that really uneasy feeling again, and this time I convinced my husband that we needed to call the cops for one thing. We were concerned for her well-being, and on top of that I was feeling uneasy about having trespassers camping out in my hallway or stairwells. The cops came and escorted her out, and that was the last we saw of her. We never mentioned anything to anyone in our building until a couple nights ago when we were out walking our dog and stopped to talk to neighbors of ours who live a few doors down. Apparently this girl was creepier than we thought, and within the past couple of weeks a bunch of people in our building have reported her to the police. She's been getting into the building by climbing open lower level windows, climbing onto the lower level balconies, and hiding in the dark corners of our building's lobby currently unlit, because the landlord hasn't changed the bulbs and sneaking in behind people leaving and entering the building. Somehow, she even managed to break into the third floor hallway and wrote a creepy note and doodle on the wall using nail polish. That prompted one of our neighbors to call the cops, who took her in for evaluations. Everyone's really creeped out right now, clearly this girl isn't stable, and is able to breach the secure access. Even the cops have said she is unpredictable. Can't wait to move out of here so I can be clear of the creepy hallway lurker. So just to clarify, I was 15 home alone, and lived on a Native American reservation at the time. Shit would happen all the time, hearing things, walking at night, you would see shadows, etc. The kids would call them skinwalkers. Besides the point. This was during the day my mom was at work labor and delivery and me well I dropped out of school due to a medical situation. So I had this huge window in my room, I'm talking wide took about about a whole section of one wall, just enough space to fit a vanity and my TV on both sides. I was chilling, smoking weed walking around my room, showered at one point, so I changed. All while a man was sitting on a wooden post directly across from my backyard watching me. I didn't have curtains when we first moved in, they had ugly blinds hanging up. I tore them down and put up really cool like blankets, lol. And during the day I would tie them up so light would come in, Arizona is a beautiful state, so to see desert every morning along with the sunrise is amazing. Hours pass and my mom comes home and we go to Taco Bell. I vividly remember being on Twitter in my room eating my cheese dillas when all of a sudden the light in the hallway went off. So I was like okay it's my mom. But then my door opened slightly and my mind was racing at that point. It's about 9.30pm at night my light's off in my room only light is my phone. I start calling my cat's names we had three and that's when I see him. A tall man, red baseball hat and jeans. 
I was going through a hard time, so I had a depression pit and started screaming and throwing hangers and empty soda cans screaming for my mom, who was home and her room was next to mine. She comes out, flips my light on, and there is no one there. I'm telling her, call the police, there was a man in my room. So my mommy gets her switch blade from her room and walks me through every room upstairs until we look down into the living room from our balcony and see the blanket from our guest room on the floor. Then my mom looks at me and says stay back. Being that it was my mom I held her hand and we end up downstairs in the office room where the windows wide open. To cut to the end, the man was arrested breaking into another home and when asked about me, he was ready to take me kidnap etc and was watching me. The neighbors called 911 because they saw him trying to get into our gated backyard. My mom saved my life a few hours before I don't know what would have happened. Someone or something banged on my door at 3 a.m. Then my cell phone suddenly stopped working. This was back when I was in college in 2013-ish. I was living in Seattle at the time with three other roommates who were all out of the house when this happened. I had been home alone for most of the night and decided for some genius reason to watch a scary movie around midnight. It was the one where there are no laws for 24 hours and you can do whatever you want. The name is on the tip of my tongue, but honestly it's not that important. So while I was watching it, my roommate's cat kept looking at this specific corner of my living room and meowing which he rarely did unless he wanted to go outside. Throughout the night, he would spastically run around the house like he was being chased, then would give off these little yelps like something was pulling his tail. He'd never done that before, so I was definitely spooked. I know animals are pretty sensitive to paranormal shit, so my mind immediately went there. After about an hour of watching this movie and the cat acting really weird, I decided to watch something else. Eventually the cat calmed down and I kinda just forgot about it. Around 2.30 or 3 a.m., I decided to go back to my room and settle down, so I turned off all the lights in the house and went to my room. I should quickly explain that my room was on the same floor as all the common spaces. I lived in a duplex type of house, so we had people living below us. The house was the kind where the front of the house was street level, but it was on a hill. So the front of the floor I was on was street level, but the back part of the floor where my bedroom was, was a story high. Hope that made sense. Anyway, I'm home alone in my room at around 3am chatting on the phone with my boyfriend at the time. We hang up and I'm about to turn my lights off and go to bed when all of a sudden I hear this three extremely loud knocks on my front door. I can't really even call it a knock because it was very loud and very aggressive like a grown man was banging on my door. I poke my head out my bedroom door and contemplate whether I should go investigate, which I decide to absolutely not do. One reason for this was because my door had a huge window in the middle of it that had these patterns in the glass where some of the sections were frosted, but some others weren't. So if someone wanted to peek through and take a look at our living room, they could definitely see it. Also, our porch light wasn't working so, lol no. So I kinda just lay there to wait and see if they'd knock again. After about 30 seconds, I heard it again three very loud bangs. I figured maybe it was one of my roommates who forgot their key, so I texted the group chat no response and my text turned green we all had iPhones, so it would've normally been blue. 
A little freaked, I tried calling my dad, but my phone wouldn't connect and dropped the call. I tried again, and again my phone dropped the call almost immediately. I tried calling my boyfriend same thing, which was weird because it said I had full bars I always did in my room, and I never had a call drop multiple times in a row before. So obviously I started getting a little worried. Tried calling one of my roommates and same thing happened. I figured okay, maybe it's one of those instances where I could only call the emergency line, so I called 911 really just to test it. Call dropped after half a second. I tried texting and none of my texts would go through they all just turned green. This was all within like 3 minutes of that banging I heard on the door. I was really scared at this point, knowing that if anything happened I couldn't even call for help. I didn't know what else to do so I just laid down and pulled the covers over my head to try and sleep. Next morning my phone worked perfectly. Roommates trickled in and I asked each of them if they came home and knocked on the door at 3am they said no. I asked the downstairs tenants if they knocked or if someone knocked on their door they said no. I also asked our neighbor next to us and across from us when I saw them outside at different points during the next few days and they said they didn't have anyone knock at 3 a.m. I don't know WTF happened or who was at the door or why my phone suddenly stopped working. I've been listening to this podcast about BEK's Black Eyed Kids, and I wonder if that was possibly what happened since the banging was so aggressive and technology was affected. It really was the phone thing that got me, and with the cat acting really strange earlier, it just was all too weird and very scary. Still freaks me out to this day. Yes, I'll never know. Years back, I made a late night stop at a local Walmart on my way home from a friend's house. It was in a quiet area, not a lot of people out and about at nearly 1am. I've lived around there for years and never run into any truly criminal elements there, so I felt safe going to the store alone as a woman in my early 20s. I made eye contact with a teenage girl the second I walked in the door. She was parked on a bench by the restrooms, hugging a backpack and small purse, checking her phone with a rather desperate expression on her face. When she looked at me I could tell that she on the verge of panicking. After a brief second of staring at me, she went back to checking her phone and making phone calls. At the other end of the bench was a white-haired man in jeans and a t-shirt. If I had to guess, he was probably in his late 50s or early 60s. Altogether, nothing appeared off about him. But what struck me was the fact that he never looked up as I passed. Instead, his eyes were absolutely glued to the teenage girl next to him. Not in a passive way, but like he was sizing her up for something. She was perched on the edge of the bench, angling herself away from his gaze and leaning away from him, her body language screamed that she wanted nothing to do with him. Something about him set off warning bells in my head as I went about grabbing the items I had stopped for. I'm normally the type of person that mills about stores aimlessly, making a point to wander each aisle just to see what's for sale. That night, however, I felt a pressing need to get in and out of the store as quick as possible and something in the back of my head told me to keep an eye on the man on the front bench. I moved my knife from my purse to the front pocket of my jeans where it would be easily accessible that's how uneasy I felt being in the same building as this man. As I purchased my items, I watched the pair on the front bench. The man had moved halfway across the space between them, 
and was trying to chat with a young woman. She was shaking her head and offering one-word answers, looking like a rabbit about to bolt. As I walked past them again to leave with my purchases, she stopped me and asked if I was headed anywhere close to my old hometown. Apparently she'd been on her way home from a trip with friends, and they had made a stop to grab drinks and use the restroom. She'd gotten separated from the group, and they left her at the store. The store was about a 30-minute drive from my old hometown, and I knew that to get home she'd have to walk several hours along unlit stretches of rural highway. The man sitting next to her continued to leer at her, but refused to look my way. While I would normally have told the girl that I was headed the opposite direction, something in the back of my head told me not to leave her alone with the man. I agreed to take her home, and she thanked me profusely and offered gas money and a cigarette. I refused both and took her home, the logical part of my brain reasoning that the girl weighed maybe 100 pounds and was a full head shorter than I was, so if it came down to it I could fight her off, I wasn't stupid, either I texted a few friends to let them know what I was doing, and they were not happy with me. The girl mentioned her address, and I knew exactly where she was talking about. It was an old, quiet neighborhood where I used to play little league baseball down the street and swim in the pool a few blocks away. During the drive, she told me that she'd just moved to the area with her mom and younger sisters from a larger city several hours south. She'd taken off with a few of her old friends for the weekend, and her mom hadn't expected her back until the following day, so she'd silenced her phone for the night and hadn't picked up when the girl tried to call. Edit. I vaguely remember something about her mom having to work early in the morning, and none of the girl's sisters were old enough to have their own phones. We arrived at our destination, and the girl gave me a handshake and a thank me repeatedly, asking if there was anything she could do to repay me. I told her, yeah, do me a favor, get better friends. Looking back, I have no idea what about the man creeped me out so much, but something about him and the way he was staring at that girl got my hackles up. I had thought in passing that he might have been waiting for someone else in the store, perhaps someone using the nearby restroom, but upon checking out it struck me that I hadn't seen any other customers there, so he really had no reason to be waiting on that bench. I was still living with my parents at the time, so when I got home I woke my mom up and told her what happened. She hesitated, and I could see that she didn't like the idea of me giving a stranger a ride home, but in the end she agreed that something had prompted me to take action, and that I might have saved the young girl from being harassed, or worse. I was once walking home alone one night after a visit to my mother, and when I arrived home I saw a man wearing all black with a hat near my fence, and he was looking down to the ground. Of course I approached the man and I asked why he's so close to my fence. Then he turns around and he's wearing sunglasses, and that's weird you know because it's night. All he says to me is, make sure to lock those doors and windows tonight. Of course I was absolutely horrified after hearing this and he just manically laughs and skips. Yes, skips away from my fence. I wanted to call the cops, but I didn't think he did enough to have him arrested. Later that night, nothing did happen luckily, but all in all it was so strange. The girl likes skipping to him wearing sunglasses when it's night. One of the scariest moments of my life.
This happened when my husband and I were home alone, but that always made it weirder to me as he experienced the same thing I did. My grandma and grandpa lived in the same house for my entire childhood. I have so many happy memories there. It was always packed with my giant family when we visited, but it still felt incredibly creepy at times. My mom and her sister had a few unexplained instances, like when they were teenagers of both waking up in the hallway from different bedrooms, crying and holding on to each other, but not remembering if they had a bad dream or why they were out of bed. There was also a time when I was a teenager and several of us were up late looking at old picture albums, and we could all hear someone knocking pretty hard on the upstairs window of the empty room next to us, but couldn't find any cause. We always joked the house had been built on ancient burial grounds and was full of ghosts. Well, after my grandpa passed away and my grandma got older, she moved into an apartment in the same city as my family. The final weekend we were packing up and going through things in her house. My husband and I went a night early so I could be sentimental, and we drove around the town she lived in and I told him stories. It was very cathartic. At this point, I had never really told my husband about the creepy stuff at her house because he doesn't really think ghosts or paranormal things really happen. He thinks there is always a hidden, practical explanation, which is probably usually true. We fell asleep in one of the rooms upstairs without incident. I'm not sure what time it was, but sometime in the night I slightly woke up. I wasn't completely awake, it's like that state of mind between sleep and wakefulness where things don't make complete sense, but it felt heavy. That's the only way to describe it. I can remember feeling like this for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden I was terrified. I sat up to look around and my husband sat up at the exact same time and grabbed my hand. In the corner of the room by the window, there was a dark area just kind of hanging there and swirling around. It wasn't a form but it was definitely moving. I quietly asked him if he could see it, and he said yes. But I was still somehow so sleepy and heavy, so we both laid back down without doing anything and fell back asleep. It might not sound the most scary or exciting story, but it's the only time of my life where I was fully focused and aware of something I couldn't explain or understand that was completely visible and had a bad vibe with another person with me to see it. He remembers it just like I do, so it wasn't a dream, but he said it made him think some paranormal things actually happen. I did also ask my grandma much later if she was ever scared at her house, and she just chuckled and told me she had made friends with her ghost long ago. Only my cute, sassy grandma could make a scary thing like that be her friend. When I was a kid, my mom and I lived in a house with her friend and her daughter. This house wasn't really weird or haunted at all. You never got the sense that something bad or evil could have happened there, and it wasn't an old place either. But for whatever reason, almost every night I would wake up and I could see the silhouette of some absolutely horrible creature standing in my doorway. It almost looked like a spider perched on the outside of my door, covering the whole thing but it was way too dark to get a clear picture of it. I'm not a stranger to sleep paralysis, but I remember very vividly that while I was quite capable of moving, talking, or anything else, I was so absolutely terrified of what was in that doorway that I just couldn't. I'd often pee myself because the thought of getting out of bed and confronting that thing scared me so much. 
Anyway, whenever we had sleepovers, I'd make sure they never slept in my room because I was worried one of my friends would get attacked by whatever that thing was. A few years later, we moved houses and I hadn't had any incidents involving whatever it was in my doorway for a while. So I had a sleepover, and since I had a huge room, everyone could sleep in there. Well, that night it decided to come back. I tossed a pillow off my bed at one of my friends to wake him up, just to see if they could see it too. I figured if something happened we'd all at least be able to fight it off. He did see it. I watched him look up at the doorway. He sat up, barely managed to get a word out, and the thing made this horrible noise and disappeared down the hallway. He started bawling his eyes out and everyone else woke up. Never saw it again after that. In our dorm at university, we had a living room, bathroom, and two rooms with two beds each. It was late afternoon, not yet the middle of the night or something, and my roommates were all in class or out somewhere. Our apartment door was locked, and I sat in my room, ate dinner, and spoke to my mother via a video call. Previously, my roommates had often reported weird things that had happened when they were home alone, but I always thought that maybe they were trying to scare me or something. As I sat there and was in the middle of talking about my day, I suddenly heard some kind of loud and heavy breathing in the living room. I had previously told my mom about the strange experiences of my roommates which included said heavy breathing and I was like, do you hear that? That's exactly what the others were talking about, I'm home alone. My mother couldn't hear anything and insisted I check what was going on. Meanwhile it sounded like someone opened the fridge. I panicked and really didn't want to leave my room. My mother told me again to stop being ridiculous and open my room door to check what was going on. After much back and forth, I got up, slowly opened the door and peeked into the living room. Everything was calm and completely peaceful. The sounds had stopped. Confused but feeling braver now, I left my room, checked all the other rooms and made sure once again the front door was locked. I went back to my room, closed the door, and the noise in the living room picked up again. Looking at my mom, who had been waiting for me, her expression was what scared me most that day, followed by her words. So I guess it wasn't a black-haired roommate that just walked by. She saw somebody while I was checking the rooms. This just happened. It was midnight. I suddenly got a craving for some fried octopus, so I ordered some. I ended up ordering a few more dishes to qualify for a discount code. Just figured I'd microwave them later and wouldn't have to worry about what to eat for another day or two. So the food I ordered seemed to be for three, four people. But I actually lived alone. And all the food were the type the frat boys here normally get at a gathering, along with alcohol. In short, just looking at the order, one would think I was a dude hanging out with his mates, though I never thought about this. Until the delivery guy arrived and called me. His first word was a surprise, oh, before he said the usual stuff, your order is here. My house has a folding metal door in front of the front door, and I don't why but I suddenly got a chill so I opened the front door, but kept the metal door locked. I told the guy to just put the food right in front of the door, but he told me the food would get dirty. It was in a bag, and the order was already paid. Normally people would just put it there and go I told him no problem, just leave it there, and he did. But he also didn't leave, just stood right there, 
trying to look inside the house. I froze for a second and wasn't sure what to do. Then he started asking, So you're having a party? What? The food? It's too much. I didn't answer. So he continued, It's too quiet. Excuse me. Your party is too quiet. Where are your friends? I was still holding my phone in my hand, so I pointed at him and pretended to tap something on the screen and told him, I'm filming you. Immediately he got back on his motorcycle and left without a word. I was too freaked out to tap correctly and didn't actually open the camera app, but at least managed to make him leave. Now I have a bunch of food and no appetite. A few weeks ago, something happened that scared the daylights out of me and taught me something new about my home. I was off work and spending the day inside when I heard several knocks, accompanied by persistent ringing of the doorbell. Despite not expecting anyone and living in the remote countryside of Kentucky with only one neighbor nearby, I eventually answered. A man in his mid-thirties seemingly with Down syndrome had parked right at the edge of the driveway on the road, which immediately alarmed me. He began asking questions about anyone who used to live in my home. I kept my responses brief, repeatedly saying no. He inquired about my age, whether I was in high school, and if I was home alone. Fortunately, my fiancé has two cars, making it appear that I wasn't alone, and I informed him that I was not. The man, seemingly frightened, quickly ran back to his car and sped away. Afterwards, I went over to my neighbor's house and asked about the previous owners and the man I had encountered. They shared that there was an elderly couple with a son who had a disability, and tragically, the couple had taken their own lives in the house. This revelation left me doubly astonished, and now I'm too frightened to ever answer my front door again. Recently, I took the train home around 11 p.m. As I sat there, reading on my phone to pass the time, I noticed a 20-year-old guy at the opposite end of the train staring at me. He appeared normal, dressed in a neutral manner, and looked away a moment after our eyes met. However, something about his energy made me uneasy, and I sensed he had bad intentions towards me. Despite his attempt to appear casual, I felt he was scrutinizing me too closely. Anticipating trouble, I put away my phone, gripped my bag tightly, and tried to maintain a neutral demeanor as my stop approached. When the doors opened, I hesitated to see if he would get up, but he ignored me. I quickly stood, exited the train just before the doors shut, and to my fear, he jumped up and followed suit, as if suddenly remembering it was his stop. Now on high alert, I intentionally walked slowly behind him, observing his strange behaviors, Despite his attempts to act nonchalant, I could still feel his focused energy directed at me. When I reached the exit stairs, he slowed down, engaging in odd actions like stretching, but I knew he wanted to pass me. Deciding it was safer to be ahead than alone in an empty subway tunnel, I passed him. As I ascended the stairs, he followed, maintaining a casual facade, but with a noticeable energy still aimed at me. At the top of the stairs, heading towards the exit turnstile, I realized we were the only two there. Weary of revealing where I lived, I suddenly stopped, turned around, and locked eyes with him. Caught off guard, he feigned innocence, looking up at the ceiling before retreating to the opposite set of subway stairs. 
However, he seemed lost or realized I wasn't allowing him to follow me. Just before descending, he shot me an evil glare, revealing his true feelings. Taking a moment to ensure he wasn't following, I hurried home, constantly checking behind me. It struck me that he might have sought someone else to harm and exploit. The incident left me with a chilling feeling, uncertain of his intentions but glad I disrupted his plans and avoided potential danger.